Hello and welcome to Bookstore Explorer, the show where we go behind the shelves with booksellers to find out what makes independent bookshops such magical places. I'm author Matt Browning and today we're back in Texas. We've highlighted a couple of Houston shops in past episodes and now I welcome to the show Jane Estes, one of the founders of Lark and Owl Booksellers in Georgetown, Texas. Jane tells us how they arrived at their unique name. This is a shop I haven't visited before, but as you'll hear, the invitation is out there. It's a store with a lot of charm, a lot of character, and a team that has a lot of fun. They're a very community-minded bookshop that maintains a packed events calendar and also has some cool takes on book clubs. This is an episode I think you'll enjoy, so come along as we go bookstore exploring. Hi, Jane. Welcome to Bookstore Explore, episode number 26. Thank you, Matt. I'm so happy to be with you. I have to say, the show is no stranger to Texas. I have done a couple of Houston shops in our in our 20, first 25 episodes. Um, but it's nice to venture out of the Houston territory. I don't know how I got yeah. on the track of Houston, but but uh, yeah, those well, are the I'm two. I'm from the Houston off. area, and, okay. and we, there, we have a lot of friend, bookstore friends in Houston that are fabulous. Uh, Murder by the Book was one, and uh, Blue Willow was the mm-hmm. other. They've been on. Those are my two favorites. Don't tell the others. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I want to start talking about your shop. Now, the first thing I always do at the beginning of each show is have my guest sort of walk us through the space and describe mm-hmm. the the physical layout of the shop so that our listeners who haven't been there can get sort of an idea of what we're talking about. So we have a little bit of a unique situation because our bookstore is attached to the iconic Monument Cafe that has been around, I think, more than 25 years now. This is their second building that they moved into, which is actually a car dealership that was built in the 1970s. And the Monument Cafe is in the showroom area and where we are lodged is um where the service bays were so we um have two we had two huge glass garage doors one at the front and one at the back the one at the front we redid a facade so it looked like it was an actual store front but we have um uh steel i-beams on the ceiling we have concrete floors that are ground to a polish and it looks like an industrial space when you look at the bones of the of the building but we have a wonderful design person who's one of our partners and one of the co-founders and she misty adair and she says her brain exploded in this building and so (laughs) she did just magic really to help kind of give the feeling of some coziness, um, some warmth, making it feel inviting. So you don't feel like you're in an industrial space, but that's really what it, what it is when you look a little closer, but we have warm wood and we have rugs, lamps. We have a lot of plants um, because we're a plant showroom for another company. Um, And all of our retail items, of which we have a lot of gifts and um, lots of things to offer people, are mixed in with the books. So it it looks very cohesive, um, things that are kind of matched with different genres. You know, we have some 
scarves and softer things near the romance section. And we have other things, uh, you know, cooking things down by the, the cookbook section. So yeah, we, we love it. It's a, it's a beautiful space and it's a fun space to work in. And it sounds like a large space. What's your square footage? It is. So uh, we have a, a little bistro that is in our building as well. And so counting that, because that's the same ceiling space, um, we have 3,500 square feet. And the bookstore takes up about 2,400 of that. Now, how is it having, you know, the bistro and all of this stuff together under one roof? Is that, I imagine, a pretty good draw to an eclectic mix of, of customers? Well, that was part of our plan from the beginning when we um, came up with this concept that we know that um, cocktails and coffee go great with books. So we knew we wanted to have that. I can attest to that. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) We can't say no to either one of those things. And so we also wanted to offer things for families or potential date nights and that sort of thing. So it's been really, really great to have that option for our customers. So tell me about the history of the shop. When did you open up? We opened in April of 2019 and we had a fabulous 10 months and then the weirdness started, you know, but, um, but how this started is for almost five years, I was doing, um, art uh, author talk series in people's homes we had had a little bookstore in town that closed because the people retired and I knew some authors and I said hey do you want to come up to Georgetown and do what you do at book people but in somebody's house with dessert and wine and nobody ever said no so we had some wonderful authors come and we would have it was word of mouth only but we would have 60 people show up and they'd all buy books so wow after in somebody's while, home. Yes, in somebody's house. Yes, <laughs> and the dessert and the wine, that's a clue too. Um, but after a while, we realized, I realized that I needed to find some way to get a team to open a bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I had been involved in some community projects here. I've been in Georgetown 20 years now. And I knew some people who knew how to get things done. And so I reached out to nine other women that I know, and we formed the team that founded the bookstore and opened the store. And currently, three of us are the day-to-day managers. We do all the operations and stuff, and the other people kind of went back to their regularly scheduled programming in their lives. So, Did you have a history with book selling, or was this sort of your first venture? So this is what my partner, Misty Adair, and I laugh about. And our our, our third partner is Rachel Jean Rowe. Um, we say that every single job we've ever had led to this. Misty has a design and art background. Rachel has a culinary degree. I'm a humanities major that could never decide what to do because I love everything pretty much, you know. <laughs> so um, I... I'm a writer. I wrote for our newspaper. I taught yoga. I worked in a funeral home in college. All of these things <laughs> in all of Misty's jobs that she had, all of Rachel's job. Rachel was an office manager and a lot of other things. She was also city council member for 10 years. And Misty and I and Rachel all had been on nonprofit boards for a really long time. So all of that experience, whether it was paid or volunteer, added up to, oh, you should be a bookstore owner. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when you opened up, were you filling a void for bookshops in the town? So our our little town, which is north of Austin, 
has grown exponentially in the 20 years, the last 20 years that I've been here. It has quadrupled in population and it's a lovely historic town. And like I said, we had a little bookstore on the square that was owned by a lovely couple who did a marvelous job, but they retired and it let people were so sad for six years and we didn't have anywhere to go to buy books. That was, there was no bookstore. If it wasn't at Target or Walmart, you really couldn't get it. Um, and there was for sure no community built around books except at our public library, which is hugely supported by this town and they do such great community outreach. Um, we knew that building community around books would work. So I'm, I'm interested in your, the name of your shop because I did a little research and I, I read a version of the story, but tell us, tell our listeners how you arrived at the name Larkin Owl. It's a very unique name. Thank you. Um, so we were talking about our marketing strategy and our hours and what we, what we wanted to be forward facing for the community. And at the time, not so much now, but at the time, um, a lot of places closed early on the square or near the square. And so you really couldn't get, our joke was you couldn't get a cookie after 3 PM, you know? <laughs> um, and then there were a couple of places for dinner, but that was about it. And so our Misty again said in a meeting with the, all 10 of us, she said, well, we really need something for the, the morning people and the evening people. And I said, yes, the early birds. And she went, <gasps> Lark and Owl. So that did become our marketing strategy. So stuff in the morning for morning people and things in the evening for the night owls. We used to pre-COVID be open seven days a week, nine to nine and Friday and Saturday, nine to 11. We don't do that anymore because COVID changed a lot of things for a lot of us, but, um, but we still offer quite a bit of evening programming for those who want to venture out of their homes or stop by on the way home from work and have some really great experiences with author events or community um, discussions, things like that. I mean, did you have a lot of, you know, just shoppers coming in, let's say 10, 11 o'clock or close to your closing time? Um, we had more people come in for drinks at that time. But <laughs> we did, we did have a few shoppers, but COVID changed everybody's habits, you know, mm -hmm. and we kind of we know exactly when people come in the store and when our sales are at the highest and we realized they weren't quite past eight o'clock. That wasn't really, you know, where people were. So that's why we haven't gone back to extended hours yet. So we are open 10 to seven Tuesday through Sunday now. And at 7 PM is when we start like author events in the evening. So we're here a lot of times. We're just not open to the public all the time. So tell me about the kind of events that you have. So um, we have some wonderful author events, um, which we just love. And I took some some little notes here so I wouldn't forget anybody. But um, we also have some community events. We have a, a poetry night um, every other month. And then in between that, every other month, we have a prose night. So it's like a five minute open mic night um, for the community. And we... Um, we have children's story time, but we also do some, um, really fun things that as far as we can tell are things that just we thought of and thought were fun. Like when the last, um, Outlander book came out last year, 
well, in 2021, we decided we'd have a big book drop party and we had what we called the outlandish fair. And so we mm-hmm. had like a whole Scottish themed weekend with bagpipes. And I will tell you people, if you put the bagpipes out in front of your store and have them play, people show up. <laughs> <laughs> so we try to keep it fun. And that our, our, our mantra is if it's not fun, why are we going to do it? So mm-hmm. we try to be fun with authors and um, we partner with, as I said, our our wonderful library down the street. And um, the first Friday of February, we are doing a Ted Lasso trivia night with them in our garden. We have a beautiful green space with twinkle lights out and it's just charming outside. And so we're going to have probably about 60 or 70 people out in the garden to celebrate Ted Lasso. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is a show that I have not seen, but I very much would like to. <laughs> I think. You would like it a lot. And there's some literary threads through Ted Lasso, too, that are kind of funny. Now, we've been talking about the space and the events, but we have not talked about the books. So tell me about the inventory that you stock. Ever flung a whodunit across the room on the grounds of incompetent sleuthing? Ian Pierce hasn't. Because he's never read a whodunit in his life. He still boasts that he could solve one, though. Listen and learn as this self-appointed crime guru attempts to guide a private investigator to the truth in an original murder mystery written by Tom Knight. Welcome to The Directed Detective. So we carry new books. Um, We don't sell used books because um, there's a little used bookshop actually in our library two blocks away. And they that's part of their fundraising plan. So when people call and ask about that, we funnel them there. So we have um, about 10,000 books in inventory, give or take, um, depending on the season. And we have a wonderful staff who are just they are magicians at hand selling books, which in the independent bookstore industry that can that can make or break someone's career um and you'll hear authors talk about this you probably have heard authors talk about this that that the booksellers they have a lot of power in the in their hands and in their store and so we have you want to hear what some of our best sellers are absolutely because i i looked it up with our book buyer today because i was um I hadn't looked this up in a while and this was really fun to see. So our very first event, which was a fluke, um, we had Delia Owens. We'd been open a week. And so she came to talk about where the crawdads sing. And we had 135 people here. What a get. Right. <laughs> your first well, event. I, shout out to our friends at Book People in Austin that they uh, they vouched for us and said, oh, she, y'all will have a great time at with Larkin Owl. Go see them. <laughs> So um, we've sold over 400 of her copies of her hardback and paperback book um, because that book just went crazy, you know. But um, conversely, um, another author that we've sold a lot of her copies of her books is Catherine Sinner. And she actually is a Houston artist, uh, author, and Catherine um, was one of the people who came and did the author series at, pe- at a person's home. 
And so we kind of developed a relationship with her and she's now this um, past uh, fall. She was here. This was her fifth time to come and do something with us in Georgetown. And we have sold uh, over 300 copies of her of two of her titles. That's not counting like the other five books that she has. So we're really proud of that because people, a lot of people in this community didn't know who she was before we started hand selling her books and inviting her for events. So, and she's just the store darling. Everybody loves it when she's here. Um, we sold a lot of the Barack Obama books, like a lot of other bookstores. Um, regionally, um, we sold the Stephen Harrigan book, Big Wonderful Thing. It's a 900-page um, book about Texas history, mm. and we sold over 200 copies of that. <laughs> 900 pages is a commitment. To, to right? <laughs> there were a lot of people who were really invested in Texas history. <laughs> right. Um. Of course, like a lot of other bookstores, we sold a lot of um, how to be an anti-racist and the, how to be an anti-racist bait, all of the whole series. We've sold a lot of those books and we're very proud to be able to say that. Um, Sarah J. Moss is a, is a big seller. Matthew McConaughey, because everybody loves him. And then, you know, some of these are people that are obvious. Um, other bookstores would say the same. Um, Alan um, Bradley and Sherry Thomas are cozy mystery writers who we've sold a lot of their books and we just, and Sherry Thomas lives um, nearby and we have a great relationship with her. We love inviting her to the store. Um, and then the Pumphrey brothers, Jarrett and Jerome Pumphrey are children's book authors and they have a series of books where they illustrate the book and tell the story and they're just gorgeous books and they live nearby and you cannot find two nicer people than the Pumphrey brothers. And so we'd love to partner with them anytime we can. It's funny. You should pull that out. I just read one of their books. Uh, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> I, mean, and, I mean, really they are the nicest people. So, which I just love that, you know, and, and I have to say that all the authors we deal with have been the nicest people and that's made our job even more fun than it is on a daily basis anyway. This kind of already answers one of the most popular questions with my listeners. And I always ask, what are some of my guests either favorites to hand sell to customers when they're looking for a recommendation or just simply some of your own favorite reads? So do you have any more examples from your personal <laughs> taste beyond what's been selling well? I do. So my personal favorite to hand sell, and I had our book buyer look this up again today, is Frederick Bachman's book, My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry. And the protagonist is a little girl, actually, and her grandmother, you find out on the first page, has passed away, her beloved grandmother. And there's almost like a fairy tale, magical realism um, fragrance to it, I guess, you know, just, it's got a, just a little bit of that, that just draws you in. And that's my favorite one to hand sell. And we've sold 95 copies of that book since we've been open. And, um, and I can't say enough of good things about, it's about grief. It's about childhood. It's about mistakes that people make and what is the bigger meaning of that? And is there maybe something else to that story? It's just, it's a beautiful book and just, it's, it's just charming. And then um, as far as other hand sales, um, our staff, 
I, I will say that our two best-selling genres are directly because we have staff who are so passionate about them. And so our number one selling genre is romance, just like in the book industry. That's a little known fact if you don't follow the book industry, but the romance genre is a economic driver for the publishing industry. And then secondly is horror in our store. We are, we hired someone uh, two years ago who loves horror. And so our sales in that section have just spiked and it's all because of that, that bookseller who loves horror. We also have um, book clubs in our, that meet at our store and they're genre based. Most of them we have, we have a Lark um, book club, but that's general fiction for morning people. And we have the owl version. They meet in the evening and that's also general fiction. <laughs> but the Lovebirds club, book club, that's the romance group. The Ravens, that's the horror group. So we love to name things after birds. If we can <laughs> possibly find a bird that aligns with something. Our mystery and true crime um, book club is called The Murder of Crows, and that actually is run by someone who is a, a forensic scientist at what she calls the murder lab. And so people love that book club. Um, and then we've added a few more in the last um, few months. Um, the Morning Dubs is a grief and grieving um, book club that meets every other month that has really resonated with people. And one of our staff members is um, a very forward-thinking, progressive pastor in his day job, and he leads that um, book club, and they they ha are really having a wonderful response to that. Um, we are opening up a male identifying book club, and the name of that one is The Bearded Reedlings. <laughs> that is a bird. And then the sci-fi fantasy is called The Odyssey because a group of phoenix birds is called an odyssey. So, um, we like to have fun even when we're naming things, but, but each time we have a, we open a new book club because people have expressed interest in those genres. And so that's why we have as many as we do right now. And they're very well attended. And do they all meet right there in the shop? I mean, I, if so, I imagine your calendar stays full. It it does, and they do meet in the in the store. But again, most of them meet after we're closed at seven. They'll start at seven, and so we the bistro area is closed then as well. So they kind of take over that area, and there are regulars, and they have so much fun. And I'll be here working on something else, and just hear them laughing, and it's the best to know that you that people are connected that way in, with books. It's interesting that your bestsellers are horror and romance. One could say. Opposite ends, perhaps, of the of the emotional spectrum. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I, I'm sure there are books out there that have combined the two. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> some might say Colleen Hoover right now and May Cobb kind of cross some of that those those things together. Colleen Hoover is a name that comes up quite frequently lately yes. on the podcast. <laughs> Very popular. Yes. Yeah. So if you look at the numbers. Independent bookstores have been on an upward trajectory the past several years, um, especially since the pandemic. The number mm -hmm. of shops opening has increased greatly. What do you attribute to to this this return to the independent bookstore as opposed to you know the chains and the and the online shopping? So I love this question, Matt. So thank you for asking it. So 
we knew when we were building our business plan and our concept for this store, I think I mentioned earlier the word community, and we knew for our town that that was key, that you had to be in the community, you had to be a part of that, you had to be um, involved, you know, and that means a lot of different things when you're a business. But um, we put that in our business plan that we were going to be a community destination. We also put in our business plan a link to a little interview by um, on on uh, television with Ryan Raffaelli, who is a Harvard um, Business School professor who was studying um, independent bookstores. Because after around 2008, when people thought Amazon was going to kill every bookstore, um, that didn't happen. Harvard Business School said, well, let's find out why, you know, so they did a two plus year long study and um, it wasn't finished by the time we opened our bookstore, but I got to see Ryan Raffaelli at a conference not too long afterwards with the finished results of that, that um, study. And he found out what we all knew that it's community. People come to independent bookstores for community, for connection. People come to bookstores when they're grieving, when they're celebrating, when they need to know something, when they're bored, when they're happy or excited about something they've learned. So bookstores, I think, are unique in that you we get the full range of emotions here. And that has been true since the first week we opened. Um, and it's humbling. And it's an honor to provide a space for people where they feel like they can express themselves or find out more. And we don't take that lightly. We really focus on where we are with the community. And we've tried to, our idea was to open the doors and let everybody in, except the haters. You can stay home if you're a hater, but everybody else. We want to have a conversation with you. We want to order the books that you want. We want to hear about you. We have kids who have, you know, they're now kindergartners, but they came in our store when they were first babies and would come to story time. And there's really nothing else like that, I think, um, in the business or retail world. You know, I have to commend you when I was doing my research for the show, I was on your website and you have a special page on your site that talks about your community and links to, you know, I guess several charities and businesses around, around the community. So, so I don't, I haven't seen that terribly often and I've done this a little while now. So, you know, you're putting your money where your mouth is. You're not just talking, you're actually making an effort. And I think it it shows. Thank you. We do try and we do have a nonprofit that we highlight each month and offer some sort of way for people to um, co- contribute to that nonprofit. And we, um, you know, we've had a PFLAG, um, we've had a donkey rescue, um, we have an ongoing partnership with the one and only um, domestic violence um, shelter in the county. Um, and we're really proud of that. And we're so happy to um, bring, not just help them raise some funds, but bring awareness to some things. Um, and that's, that's been a lot of fun 
to get to know people involved in those nonprofits because, you know, they're, they're leading with their hearts usually. I always ask this next question towards the end of the end of the show, but you've kind of already very eloquently answered it, but perhaps you could elaborate. And it's the concept of bookshops being magical places, which is kind of my driving thesis for this whole project. Um, So in your mind, when someone says a bookshop is a magical place, what does that mean to you? So I, I think that bookstores, as I said, has, you can have the full range of emotions, but we knew even before we opened the doors that this space for whatever reason was even more special because we would have our contractors here every day and even they started to open up and we learned about their families and something that might you know someone lost their parents recently and it just became and we're like what happens to people when they come in this space even before all the books were were here and I don't know if the building was already like that. Uh, who knows? Buildings have personalities, I think. Um, or if there's something that that we concocted that we weren't quite sure that we did. Um, but it has been magical. But I think you can say that about about independent bookstores across the world because they each do have their own personality. And, and that's not just the people who work there. It's the whole environment, you know, what, what do you put forward? We try to put forward inclusive, diverse um, choices for people, not just in books, but in retail and gift items. We have cards for everybody of different colors and LGBTQ plus. If you need a Mrs. and Mrs. wedding card, we have that for you. Um, And I think when you open the doors and look, to see the best in people and hope they see the best in you. And then you can build a conversation around that, which that's what bookstores do. I think that's part of the magic too. I have to say before we go, I, I'm assuming you are in the shop in yes, probably an I office. Am. I mean, you were commenting at the top of the show, you know, the the building sort of having an industrial feel to it, but you've also sort of tried to make it, for lack of better words, cozy, I guess. Yes. yes. And our listeners clearly can't see this, but I can kind of get that vibe just from what I can see behind you. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad because I'm really in a hole in the corner. Like this is not the pretty part of the store. This is our little office. And that's the back of a hutch where we display (laughs) our cutting boards and olive oils for sale and stuff. And then the head over my shoulder, you may have seen that is Josh Demel. And the reason why we have a life-size cutout of Josh Demel is because one of Catherine Center's books was turned into a movie and he played the love interest. And the last time she came to visit, we bought her a Josh Demel, which <laughs> thrilled her to know. And she said no one had ever gotten her a Josh before. So that's that's where he is. I'll try to grab a screenshot from our, our recording <laughs> and put it on the page. <laughs> so so lastly, tell us pe- where people can find you online, share your website and social media uh, handles. So we are at larkandowlbooksellers.com and everything is all spelled out. Um, We are on um, West 6th Street in Georgetown, Texas, as I said, right next to the Monument Cafe where um, you can get a delicious piece of chocolate pie there and come on over and buy some books. And uh, we have um, all our social media. We have 
we have TikTok because we hired people younger than we are. And they, <laughs> and they said, you need a TikTok. And we said, well, y'all need to do that because we've obviously aged out of that, you know. So, and we have a wonderful Instagram that's run by a staff member and Facebook too. So just look for Lark and Owl on all of those sites and you'll be able to find us. Nice. Well, Jane, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and I'm going to, I'm going to go scour through your social media platforms to get a, uh, my own better view of the beautiful shop you described. So, so oh, thanks for, thanks. thanks for joining us and for telling Thank us about you. your shop. Thank you, Matt. But I wanted to ask you one question before we sure. leave, if you don't mind. I saw that you have um, a book coming out about the Golden Girls. Is that right? Did I read that right? You did. It is out. It's a uh, pop culture guide that explains the thousands of pop culture jokes they made that that some of which we've forgotten in the past 30 years. So <laughs> the two bestsellers of non-book items in our store are Dolly Parton and the Golden Girls. So anytime you want to hop on down to Texas and we can have a Golden Girls event, let's do it. Oh, I would love to. If you could work Dolly into that too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She was here for South by Southwest and we thought, what if she came by, you know, but that that didn't happen (laughs) next time. But 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 seriously, really come, come visit and let's do a, let's do a Golden Girls event. Oh, I would love to. I'm going to leave this in the episode so that all of our listeners can hold us to it. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) Well, it was lovely to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bookstore Explorer is produced and hosted by me, Matt Browning. Our theme music is Come Right Back to You by Max Hickson. You can follow all my bookstore explorations at bookstoreexplorer.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Bookstore Explorer. And follow us on Twitter at Bookstore EXPLR. Thanks for listening.